Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is episode 14 and this week we are discussing rock as chosen by my daughter Rebecca last week. Hello, I'm Russell. Hello Rebecca, how are you? Hi Dad. I mean I wouldn't say that I chose it, I was tricked. Tricked? I was tricked in, yes. You with your pick, someone and I'll give you whoever that falls into. I was tricked, tell you. Okay. Did you have a good birthday? I did. It's been lovely. Good. Yeah. It's not been... I mean, this week, you sold it as hard rock, right? Yeah, which is what it's classed as. Yeah. And the beginning of the week, I was, like, grimacing, wanting to press play. Every time I got in my car, I was like, oh, my God, what's coming next? Is it going to get harder? Is it going to get softer? And it's like I spent each day not knowing what was going to come. And then every time you've asked me during the week, how's it going? I've not hinted at how it is or whatever. I've just said, basically saying I'm surviving, not giving much away. But to be honest, it's not been as bad as in my head. Because hard rock to me was going to be, you know, nearer the heavy side. So the groups you've had, I suppose there was equally a lot of power. The hits, I suppose because of the way the British public were, were more power ballads than rock songs yeah yeah i'd go with that yeah Yeah. definitely that actually makes a lot of sense now you said that i'm like oh they are power balance okay so let's talk music then or rock music this week (laughs) so you had six groups last week or five groups last week six five and one soloist I thought he was. And then I was like, no, he can't be. Dad's going to say that he's part of a band because we're doing like groups. We're not doing so. I didn't know where else to fit him in on his own. It had been a bit odd with the male soloists. So I I mean, it's a bit like with Gary Newman, obviously, because of Tube Way Army and it become Gary Newman and the main songs were Gary Newman. Obviously, we still still put him in rather than putting him as soloist yeah. whereas obviously with Majur I've held back he's got some of his own and that we haven't touched on those but with I'm guessing you know who it is we're on about then Meatloaf yeah so with Meatloaf yeah. again he fitted in this week and he there's not really another soloist like him in that sense I did think that when I was watching him and I was like, like I've, it, I've literally written in my notes is it just one guy because obviously I'm going to question it yeah, because we're doing groups and then I was thinking if this is one guy he's really not like anything that I would put in the 80s soloist or anything like that so yeah. I completely understand that even yeah. I thought that so along with Meatloaf you had White Snake, ACDC, Foreigner, RVO Speedwagon and Journey which would have probably shocked you as well when you come across one of their songs yeah that was I didn't really look at the list this week. I just added them to my playlist. It weren't really until I got there or I was talking about it with Connor. And I was like, oh, that's what that song is. Yeah. So um, the usual then, how many number ones and what were your favourite song choices? So I'll start with my favourites. Yeah. So we had Fall For Your Loving by White Snake. Mm-hmm. You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. Midnight at the Lost and Found by Meatloaf. I Want to Know What Love Is, Foreigner. Can't Fight This Feeling, REO Speedwagon. And Don't Stop Believing, Journey. 
and to go on number ones. I didn't think there would be many, but that might just be like a personal choice because I'm not a rock fan. So I want to go based on what I've seen and how we've already, you've already said about power ballads. I want to go with like three, three, four. I'll push it to four, but I think three. Three. Okay. You listen to one number one. Okay, so there weren't, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wonder who that is. Ooh. That's going to be, I'm like, it's got to be Meatloaf. Okay, so who did you say for Meatloaf? I, well, in my head, I'd do anything for love or Dead Ringer for love. I'd say they're going to be a number one. But it could also be Don't Stop Believing. It could be any of the power ballads, to be fair. I don't know, we'll find out. This is a tough week to work out which one it is. Yeah. So I'll just find out. I'm not going to guess as much. Okay. So we shall start then with White Snake. Yeah. So this one was first up and I really didn't want to press play. I was like, I can't do it. Can't do it. It's hard rock. But I pressed it and the first song is actually quite catchy. It's not in your face. It's not head slamming and loud it's just catchy with a bit of being repetitive in the chorus and became my favorite out of the ones that I had a lot from white snake is focused on instrumentals but I think you get that from rock anyway the instruments that are used the music that they produce from it is the main focus that's where the rock comes from rather than what they're singing how like they're singing in general that's not the main focus of a rock song I'd say with these the only way I could relate to them is when I was younger we had Guitar Hero on the Wii and I just feel like these would be on it be playing their music on it but I thought that for like ACDC as well but that was my first thought I was like now surely I played a White Snake song on Guitar Hero Mm -hmm. because of the instrumentals it would just fit I don't feel like they're completely rock, though. Is there anything else that's in there? Or are they rock? They're classed as a rock band, yeah. Hard rock. Oh, so there's nothing else, and it's just me, then? No. no. White Snake are a hard rock outfit formed in England. Oh, they're England? In 1978. Oh, another 70s one. Well, to be honest, there's not much to say about them, just that you can tell that it is rock, but then me being me, I thought there was something else in there but they're not as hard as I thought. Maybe hard in my head goes more towards the heavy metal, but I don't know. When I watch the videos, they are the classic looking rock stars though. You look at them and it's like, well, you're a rock star. There's not much else to say about the way they look or anything. Yeah. I was going to say, did you find that with all of them this week? No. No? No, not all of them. Definitely these ones, they were. And I was going to say like, rock stars I don't think they change as much like you don't look at them and be like oh you're an 80s rock star you're a 90s rock star I think rock stars just have a look and that sounds really stereotypical but that's what I think no, no I, just... I, I would say you know black leathers yeah white t-shirt or long jeans, hair uh, long hair yeah exactly yeah mm, yeah that is stereotyping a rock star but yeah that's how I would imagine them I'm not saying all rocks but that is the no. image that you automatically get in your head I suppose yeah and obviously it's not everyone because you've just asked me did I see that for all of the ones that I've listened to this week which are all rock and I don't think it for everyone that I've listened to this week so people obviously have different looks but I think if you're a rock star you've got that look and that's what these have but yeah they weren't too bad to be fair okay not a bad start 
No. So Whitestake are David Coverdale on vocals, Mickey Moody on guitar, Bernie Marsden on guitar, Neil Murray on bass, David Duck Dowie on drums, and John Lord on keyboards. They were formed in 1978 in London. They had six albums in the 80s. Oh, wow. And they had two top ten singles. They didn't now, have many. Mind, you only had three to listen to. Yes, yeah, I was going to say, because they had six albums. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. Rock, as far as mainstream listening goes, it's probably not the sort of music that would get in the chart. And that's what I'm saying about power ballads on, on these of obviously probably charted better. Yeah. So in 1982, Coverdale put the band on hold and then we formed with himself, Moody and Lord, and they were joined by Mel Galley on guitar and Colin Hodgkinson on bass and Cozy Powell on drums. Then Neil Murray returned, replacing Hodgkinson back on bass. And uh, eventually John Styles or sorry, John Sykes, replaced Mickey Moody on guitar. So you can see they've had a different lineup, And then, and then actually tweaks. Coverdale put together mm. an all-new lineup in 1987, where he had a Vivian Campbell on guitar, Adrian Vandenberg on guitar, Rudy Sarzu on bass, and Tommy Aldridge on drums. So the only original person is their founder, David Coverdale, who actually along with John Lord, formed the band after um, Deep Purple disbanded. So Deep Purple were probably the um, pioneers of heavy rock in this country. They were in the 70s, well, I think it was like late 60s into the 70s. And then when they disbanded, he formed White Snake with John Lord. They both came from Deep Purple. Put White Snake together, and then David Coverdale is the only one that has continued all the way through with different various lineups. Right. So yes, um, they performed at Rock in Rio in 1985, and in 1988 they were nominated at the Brits for Best British Group. Oh, so they did quite well then. People liked him. Yeah, they've obviously got a good following and whether people who were into deep purple also followed them because obviously with two members forming white snake i don't know but, you think it'd be something yeah, similar um, yeah i mean what well, i think deep purple i mean i've not listened to them and they're, they're, as i say they're pre-80s but they as i say they're, they're, they're classed as pioneers of um, heavy metal whereas white snake are obviously more oh. hard rock than heavy metal but as you say they've done six albums and you've only had got three songs to listen to as far as the 80s go, yeah. which were in the top 40. So yeah. um, it could well be they were a heavy metal group as well. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe the really other songs. Rock. Yeah. But then again, they would just have had their hardcore fans probably because, like we say, rock doesn't really go into the charts. So looking at mainstream, they're not going to have many that hit everyone anyway, are they? but they would have that following. But then it's like, considering they only had three, they still managed to... Did they win the award at the Brits? No, no, they were just nominated. They were nominated so but they were still nominated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they were obviously doing something for the yeah. people, just didn't win. So 
going by their um, chart success, um, their first actual hit was in 1978. Oh. So that had been their first one. That only got to 61, so you haven't had it. I'm yeah. just saying when their first one would come out. So the, out of the ones you had, so you had in 1980, Fool for Your Loving, that got to number 13. Oh, not bad. No. Then you had in 1981, Don't Break My Heart Again, that got to number 17. Mm-hmm. And then in 1981 again, Would I Lie to You got to number 37. Did you say they got two top 20 hits or two top 10? Two top. Oh, I said two top 10. I meant two top. Yeah, I meant two top 20. Sorry. I thought yeah. you did. It was 13 and, was 13 like, and 17. Two... Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, I was so like, where are the two top, top 10 then? Yeah, like two top 20. I'm actually looking <laughs> and I've, I don't know why I've only given you three because actually. Now looking, I've got 1982, Here I Go Again, double A side with Bloody Luxury, got to number 34. <laughs> and then in 1983, Quality of Love, got to number 31. 1984, Give Me More Time, got to 29. And then 1987, Still of the Night, got to number 16. And then in 1987, they did have two top 10. So, yeah, I was right. They did get two top 10. Just not what I've been given. I don't know why. (laughs) I've not given you them. I really don't know why. So they had, in 1987, Is This Love? Right. Which is the one you should have listened to. (laughs) So I apologise. I don't know why I missed them out. Number nine. Uh, 1987, Here I Go Again. Number nine. And 1988, Give Me All Your Love. Number 18. Are you okay when you sent me these songs? You sent me three oh, out of like really, 100. Really not. I, I really <laughs> don't know what happened there that I've obviously got so far, got distracted and then started on ACDC. Because <laughs> um, now I'm looking, I'm thinking, hang on, there's loads here that I should have, well, I've only given you three. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they they did have, so when I wrote my notes down, I was right. They had yeah. two top tens in 1987 with Is This Love and Here I Go Again. And I guess on the back of that, in 1988, they then obviously got nominated for that Best British sense. Group at the Brits. Because it had been on the back of those two songs That makes sense now, because having just those three with so, six yeah. albums, it's like, well, they didn't do that well. Their yeah. hardcore following must have been amazing. Because... No, no, I, I'm, I um, cocked up, <laughs> so to speak. Well, you can send me them and I'll let you know whether my opinions changed. Yeah. I obviously got distracted and went straight onto ACDC afterwards. So um, it's the first time that I've is. done that. It's having six groups. See? Yeah, last amount. So, yeah, and I've just looked as well. Their last hit was in 2011. Oh, wow. Well, I say last hit, it got to number 96. Oh, so not really a hit. <laughs> but, yeah, but here I go again, obviously re-released in, in 2011. And before that, they had too many tears in 1997. That got to number 46. Oh, so they didn't have any more hits. Well, they had a number 25 in 1994, which is probably their last one, which is Is This uh, Love and Sweet Lady Luck. Although Is This Love... It, was that a re-release as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We all know how the 80s guys like re-releases. Yeah. Oh, well, you can send me those songs and then yeah, well, I'll let you know next and, week whether yeah. my opinion's changed yeah. and we're, we'll find out because who knows... Those songs could change my whole opinion of them. I think they would because you missed you. You didn't get their two big hits. Right. Yeah. Send me that. So I'm a bit, I'm we're a bit annoyed we're with do myself. this. <laughs> we do this, 
and I'll let you know what I thought of based on those three. If you send me them, I'll listen to them first before I listen to whatever you're giving me for next week. And I'll let you know next week. So it's kind of like an added one, but it'll just be letting you know if my opinions change. What I'll do is I won't give you the ones that were in the 30s. Okay, give me like that. I'll just give you the ones that were in the in the top 30. Right, top 30. Yeah, that's fine. 30 downs. Yeah. That'll give you an, an an inkling of obviously from what you've already listened to and then what please. that yeah yeah that's but, fine um, I'll just give yeah. you it'll be it'll be um yeah but now it'll be interesting to see what my opinion would have been or whether it would change or whether I just stay the same yeah. okay so we'll find out fine. yes yeah okay moving on quickly then <laughs> ACDC so. These are probably the ones that you should have missed out songs on, to be honest. I mean, these were the ones that I'd heard of. And I said, mum's husband listens to these. That's how I've heard of these. And I know he's more into the rock. So I had an expectation of these. Out of this week, these are the more definite rock. Like, they are the loud ones. These ones started off with their guitar solos. And that's just something I can't deal with. I'm like, why? Yeah, but you know what I'm like with instrumentals because half solos just annoy me because it's just noise. Like, yes, it's very talented, like well done, but you do not need to include it in pretty much every other song. And these had quite a lot of them, but I was finding myself like tapping along to the music. So there was a bit of something there that got me like you know drawn in. But they are very loud. They're fast paced. And they sound angry, but to mm-hmm. me, that's what rock is. Rock people just sound angry and they want to scream and they've got to get something out. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um, and they reminded me the song, Let's Get It Up. Yeah, Let's Get It Up reminded me of School of Rock for some reason. Like it sounded like a song that's in School of Rock, whether ACDC appeared like any of their songs or music appeared in school of rock, I don't know, but it reminded me of School of Rock and I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. Right. And, oh, that's another thing. Talking about guitar solos, every now and then the guitar sounds like it's too loud because I know, like, there is, isn't there a guitar that plugs into an amp and it just makes a god-awful noise? So, obviously, ACDC stands for alternating current and direct current so it's for electrical systems or devices that that is what they're called as in based on obviously the electrical current going either in or out so it's alternate so ac is alternating current and dc is direct current Ah. so whether that's based on that you know one can only assume that's obviously why they call themselves acdc did not know that i didn't even think about their name you know like abba well, to be fair, I wouldn't have thought about Abba's name until I found that meat. But like Abba, you just thought that's what you want to be called, you roll with it. Yeah. But yeah, the noises were sometimes quite annoying. I did really enjoy like the music beat, like the instrumentals of um, You Shook Me Up All Night Long. That was really nice. Like I say, like there was some that got me tapping, some got me a bit moving. I was like, okay, but it's just loud and in your face kind of thing uh-huh. these didn't look as rock as white snake i mean they are quite classical looking but they're all quite different from each other and there's one guy who i think is this vocals he's got curly hair always wears a cap always wears a denim vest shirt thing and always wears shorts i'm like okay that's your look but a bit weird and the one of the guitarists 
likes to pull weird faces while slamming his head. Oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like the head slamming that they moved their hair and everything. And there seems to be quite a few of them. Don't know how many, but these seem a lot bigger than White Snake. But yeah, they, they weren't as bad as I was expecting, but they were still. It's just the loudness of it that I can't really get to grips with. Like, why, why are you shouting at me? And why all the guitar solos? But yeah. Okay. So ACDC were Angus Young on lead guitar and mm-hmm. his brother Malcolm Young on rhythm guitar. Brian Johnson on vocals, Cliff Williams on bass, Phil Rudd on drums till 1983, and then he was replaced by Simon Wright on drums. They are from Australia, well, Sydney, Australia. Oh, yeah, really? Well, that's a new one. And they were formed in 1973. But the two that formed them, obviously the brothers, Angus and Malcolm Young, they were actually um, Scottish. How on earth did that happen then? So they obviously, I suppose, were born in Scotland and emigrated to Australia young or whatever, but obviously, yeah, and then obviously the the group come together in Australia. Ah, interesting. In 2003, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, yeah, I can see these in there. And in Melbourne City... There's a lane that's been renamed ACDC Lane. Oh, so they must be big over there, but I guess if that's where they've come from. Well, if you listen to this then, five albums in the 80s, however, no top 10 in the UK. Oh. Despite 71 million sales. Oh. Uh, it's like we say rock just doesn't, it's not something that goes into the charts because the charts no. are that mainstream. Well, it's not, I mean, they've been successful everyone. obviously in Australia and they were obviously successful in America, mm. just not as successful over here because I suppose that kind of music just doesn't really hit here. It doesn't hit a big proportion of people over here as much as it does obviously. And elsewhere. I guess we are only small, aren't we? Yeah, so just to put that into context, 71 million music sales is the fifth best-selling band in US history. Who's before them? So when you think how big America is, and they are the fifth biggest band as far as selling music, they are the 10th best-selling artist selling more albums than Mariah Carey and Madonna. No, I wouldn't have said they were that big. That's mad. Their Back in Black album sold 22 million copies. And this is in the US? That's in the US, yes. Well, wow. I don't know if it's just US or, or worldwide, but yeah, 22 million copies of one album. Wow. You know, 71 million music sales, the fifth best selling band in US history. I mean, they're big. <laughs> I didn't think they were that big. Like they're not, I don't know, like, yeah, I've heard of them, but... I didn't, I don't know, I've just heard of them. But then, like we say, you don't really get rock over here. No. Like, it's not like I would accidentally listen to them on the radio unless I was on, like, we have radios that are purely for, like, rock stations, don't you? But, You've only got to think of the, the bands that do well over here. And, you know, it's not really, you know, obviously the Beatles, I suppose the Sixes are a bit different. But then if you mm. think Duran Duran, Wham, Spandau Ballet, then you yeah, go yeah, into um, Westlife. Mm. take that you know they're all poppy sort of you know i'm not 
Yeah. Not, there isn't a, a rock and roll or big rock no. band that really stands out. No, especially now. Like, I can't think of any rock bands from my time. There you go, see? And that's because no one's listening to it and being influenced by it. Yeah. There probably is. You just We just don't hear of them. Yeah. And I suppose that's what I'm trying to get across with, with, with doing this pod is in the 80s, all music had a chance. Yeah, whereas now it's you stick whether to what you, you know. Whether you were disco, whether you were soul, mm. whether you were pop, whether you synth, whether you were rock. And it didn't matter what sort of rock you were, as we're finding out, even though I mucked up with White Snake, they had two <laughs> songs in the top 10. Yeah. Challenging those uh, genres at the time. Mm. Whereas now, I guess you stick to what you know and you know what does good and you're not really going to try and find yeah, that because you're, you're going to be downloading famous. it and you just download because you've got so much music at your fingertips. Yeah. You just download what you want to download. Mm. It's easier for the consumer, but it's much harder for the groups, I suppose, especially if you're bringing music out that might not be as popular. Well, no, you'd think it'd be easier now because back in your day, you had to physically go and buy it. If I was having to buy all the music that I want to listen to, I wouldn't buy as many because it's costing me money. Yeah, but back in our day, you'd be listening to the radio and then you'd go out and buy a physical hard copy, whether it be a single or an album. And but we the still have the radio. CD. Yeah, but people don't listen to the radios as much now. And that's true, I don't. But... People don't watch MTV now. You know, I said about how MTV changed. Nah, MTV is different now. You know. TV shows on there now. It's not about music on MTV. See, it's all changed. It's much harder. I would say it's harder for, unless you've made a name for yourself, and it is through going to probably concerts and things like that, you know, doing festivals. Support um, artists, yeah. You know, so unless but, you make a name for yourself, like Ed Sheeran, as, as we said last week, about how he had literally a whole album in the top 40, mm. it's, it's much harder, I think, mm. for groups now. But then it's like I say... You've got like these TikTok sensations that just have a song on TikTok and they're in the charts. Mm. So in a in one sense, it's really easy, but I do get what you mean by it is hard. Yeah. But I think it's easy if you're going to release the music that everyone wants to listen to. It's hard if you're going to release music and no one's that's not going to be a hit. You you know what type of music to release now. Yeah. It's got to be within the trends, otherwise you're not going to get far at all. No. So I don't know, it's that. It's just weird now. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was your your favourite song of these? You shook me up all night long. Was that it? Okay. Yeah. So again, their first hit was, or their first release, what you want to say, was in 1978. Uh, that got to number 24. Um, so anyway, going on to the ones that you listened to. So 1980, Touch Too Much, got to number 29. Mm -hmm. 1980, Whole Lot of Rosie. Got to number 36. Okay. 1980, You Shook Me All Night Long. Got to number 38. Oh. 1980, Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution. Got to number 15. Wow. 1982, Let's Get It Up. Number 13. Okay. 1982, For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. Got to number 15. Mm -hmm. 1983, Guns for Hire, got to number 37. 1984, Nervous Shakedown, got to number 35. 1986, Shake Your Foundations, got to number 24. 
Not doing that great. 1986 again, Who Made Who? Got to number 16. 1988, Heat Seeker got to number 12. And then 1988, That's the Way I Want to Rock and Roll, got to number 22. They're very up and down, but like you say, they didn't get a hot top 10. Well, in 2012, Highway to Hell got to number four. And then they were still putting out songs in as well. It's a re-release by the look of it. For those about to rock, we salute you was 2017 albeit it only got to number 90 but yeah their, their last hit and their biggest hit was in 2012 highway to hell where did that get again number four hmm. so it was actually released in 1979 so obviously what, I didn't highway look at to it. hell yes oh so it was been a re-release so would have I'm guessing yeah it must have been some something obviously happen for it to suddenly re reignite and get back to where it was ah right okay so it, you know when um rage against the machine yeah had a facebook campaign to stop the x factor getting to number one the x factor yeah, song, yeah yeah it looks like the same thing happened for acdc no yeah why um the campaign raised proceeds for testicular cancer. The single peaked at number four in the official UK charts, scoring ACDC's first ever UK top 10 single, is all I have read about it. The people who were behind the campaign for Rage Against the Machine were actually ACDC fans. Oh. And they done the same to celebrate the 40th anniversary of ACDC to prevent the X Factor from achieving another number one single. So they were stopped from getting a number one. No, they were the song. But it didn't get to number. It didn't, obviously, um, unlike Rage Against the Machine, who did. This, unfortunately, obviously didn't quite um, peak at number one. So just so you know as well, the, the original Highway to Hell, mm. it only got to number 56. Wow. In 1979. So this is probably one of the first re-releases that have done really well then. So, yeah. Because of a campaign more than anything, by the, by the look of it. Yeah. Okay. Moving on then. Meatloaf. Yeah. The soloist. The soloist. So what have you got to say about Meatloaf? He's a funny looking guy, isn't he? <laughs> His actual name is Marvin Lee Adde. Adde. Why did he come and up with Meatloaf? Reason, he called himself Meatloaf. Oh. I don't know. He's a bit, I don't know, I can't really explain him. He's like, in the first video that I watched, I'd do anything for love, he comes across very creepy. He's wearing like stage makeup, has fingernails, and I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, what on earth is he going to look like in other songs? But he looks quite normal in other songs. He's just like a kind of big, jolly, well, not jolly, because he's singing rocky songs, but just this. But he doesn't look like, he, like you know, he's not a, he's not a, looker is he he's not like other people that we've seen um in groups that are like pretty boys he's just someone that's making music and singing you can tell he's like a rock star but he's not your stereotype rock star by the long hair and he has this stare that he does and he doesn't blink as much and i'm just like why you just like when he did a song with um Cher, he just stared at her and i was like blink you're not going to get a to fall in love with you that way. But 
I really liked his music, to be fair. There wasn't one song that I disliked of his. But when you said about power ballads, his aren't that stereotypical rock music. His are more power ballads, aren't they? And I think that's why he stuck out to me. He's got a bit of upbeatness to some of them. And I really did enjoy the one that he did with Cher. And my favourite, Midnight at the Lost and Found, is very upbeat. They're not down the hard rock genre and vibe that ACDC and Whitesnake gave me. So it was very different to get to this and be like, are you sure this is rock? But obviously it's the power ballads and that route, wasn't it? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? He, after listening to him, and then obviously I'd listened to ACDC, DC and White State before, all these Rocky people, in their songs, they like to tell you that they're singing about rock and roll. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But they like to tell you that they're singing about rock and roll. Modern Girl is very different, isn't it? Uh-huh. That one's a lot more mellow. And I did not know that Meatloaf sang I'd Do Anything For Love either. There you go. Um, so that was a bit of a shocker. I was like, I did not know this. But yeah, he's a lot more mellow than the ones that I've had already that we've spoken about. So it was different. It was it was like, are you sure? Like, I was there, like, are you sure this is rock? But he has got that hint. And when I then watched the videos and I saw what he looked like, it's like, okay, you are down there. But then, obviously, the hits that he got weren't down the direct route of rock. No. So it was, yeah, it was nice to have him after ACDC. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed him. Good. So Meatloaf, or as I say, Marvin Lee Addy or Ade. He was born, he was, I say he was born, he got into music or got released his first or whatever, how you want to put it, in 1968. Oh, wow. Really? Because he looks really young in these videos. I thought he was quite young. Like when I then was looking and like other videos came up, I saw him as an older guy and I was like, oh yeah, I recognise him now because obviously I recognise most of these people as they're older um, looking but in the videos he looks really young so I wouldn't have thought that he was around in the 60s releasing music unless he was like really young in the 60s because he looks oh. he doesn't look old at all in the 80s so he's he's actually 73 he was born in 1947 okay so he is quite he would have been quite so you got to remember you're watching videos from the 80s yeah, Not but really. he looks really young in the videos in the 80s. Like, I wouldn't say, because right. if you think he was born okay. in 1947, he would have been like 40-odd, coming up to. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. look that old. Oh. So he got into music in 1968. He was born in Dallas, Texas, US. Mm. He had four albums in the 80s, and he had one top ten. Is that going to be the number one? He had a few... Um, Duets, as you as you've already said about Sher, on um, I think it was Dead Ringer for Love. Yeah, they done. Yeah, and then um, Rock and Roll Mercenaries he done with John Parr, who um, done the St Elmo's Fire. What's that album or um, soundtrack? What's that? Uh, it's a film in the eighties. Oh right, okay, never heard of that. So he got a Grammy Award for Best Solo Rock for I'd Do Anything for Love. Okay. And in 1994, he got a Brit Award for the best-selling single and album. Oh, wow. I'm not surprised, though. I was shocked because I think having a name like Meatloaf, I had, like, a pre-expectation of what it was going to be like. Like, Meatloaf just sounds like really in-your-face rock. Uh-huh. But to me, it sounds like a food. Well, yeah, but I don't know. It's just that weird name that I feel like rock stars have. 
that like persona type yeah. name. But the music that he's brought out, I think, is really good, and he's done quite well. Continues a soloist as well, amongst everyone else. I would say he's done more than well. If you listen to the next bit, he is one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Oh, with eighty million record sales. Wow, so more than ACDC. Yes. Wow, as a soloist. He has also starred in musicals, The Rocker Horry Show and Hair, uh, as well as films with Spice World and Fight Club. He was in Spice World? He was indeed. Okay. That's very random. We're not placing him in there. Yeah. I can't picture him. <laughs> for what? For, for, no, exactly. Not for, I think he's the sort of person that takes a mick out of himself sort of thing as well. If I remember when I was growing up, he was like on children's shows and things like that. So he, he did promote rock in a good way. He does look really. like a bit of a jolly man. Yeah. You know, like when I was saying he just looks like a jolly and then I'm like, well, not jolly because he's rock, but he does give off that bit of a vibe of being a bit of a laugh, like not yeah. serious and angry. And he was known for his albums. So he had like Bat Out of Hell, which was a, a big selling album, but he then had Bat Out of Hell 2 mm. and Bat Out of Hell 3. So it's a trilogy of, of oh, albums. Oh, right. So he didn't really and, want to... And um, be... those albums yeah. set new landmarks for rock music, um, becoming one of the very few titles to claim more than 500 weeks on the official album chart. 500 weeks? Between the three of them, 500 weeks. Wow. So, yeah. But they That's were crazy. big, out. you know, they were iconic albums that, well, to be fair, the music that to I've only people, listened to... I mean, to, I'll be honest, I didn't own an, a Meatloaf album, but obviously plenty of others did To uh, mm, And I suppose the way there. he'd done it was a good... Or the, the, the records, uh, the, the record company, whoever it was behind it, because obviously by bringing out Bat Out of Hell 1, Bat Out of Hell 2, Bat Out of Hell 3, yeah. it sort of, I suppose, made people want to go and buy it as well. Yeah, like films, you know, like, well, I've seen the first one, so I want to go see the second one. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. not like a whole new album. It's I mean, obviously, like if you didn't like the music, I guess you would have gone out and done it. So it was obviously good music on there. Well, listen to the I handful of songs that, that I've done had. It. You know, if I like the ones that I've had, and that's only a handful out of the amount right. that he would have produced. And I didn't give, because obviously it was outside the 80s, but one that I like that I should have given you as just for you to listen to was his first hit. It only got to number 33. But you took the words right out of my mouth, which was in 1978. But that is a good I'm surprised song. you didn't give me that. You like to give me the end of the yeah, 70s. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what was happening last week. when I, I think because we had six <laughs> groups, I didn't want to give you too much. Yeah. And obviously with White Snake, I completely didn't give you, you too really much. Did, you didn't give me, you didn't give me uh, enough. You didn't give me all of the ones I, did, I no, should have. I didn't give you the six <laughs> I should have. So, yeah. Yeah, as I say, so his first real hit was You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth which got to, only got to number 33. But then, as I say, obviously his album, Bat Out of Hell, he had a single off of that album, which was obviously from the, with the same title. And that was released in 1979. That got to number eight. So hence then that's what obviously set him off. Ah, that's what promoted it. So going on to the ones that you sat, mm. you listened to, obviously from the 80s. Yeah. Um, 1981, Dead Ringer for Love with Sure got to number five. Oh, okay. But Cher would have been big at this point as well, wouldn't she? Yeah. So it would have kind of helped both of them in the sense. Yeah. 1983, Midnight at the Lost and Found, got to number 17. 
1984, Modern Girl got to number 17. Okay. 1986, Rock and Roll Mercenaries, as I say, with John Parr, that got to number 31. And then you did have a number one to, to listen to. I didn't include it at the beginning, so it's not one. It's not the one that you've heard, but I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. That got to number one in 1993. Oh, so I've listened to it. So that's I've not the number one number that you're one, on about at the but beginning. No, because it wasn't 80s. It wasn't, it weren't the number one. But in I did the 80s. give you that one to listen to. So was um, I doing anything for love release in the 80s? No. Oh, okay. And not only that, he had a he had a number two as well in the nineteen nineties, nineteen ninety five. I'd lie for you, and that's the truth. You know, listen to I'd do anything for love. I really want to know what it is that he wouldn't do. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what what wouldn't you do? And I watched the video for, it and it doesn't give any hints. And I'm like, what wouldn't you do? Yeah. <laughs> Quite annoying. <laughs> so in two thousand and six. It's all coming back to me now. Got to number six. So Eve, so he, he's, he's so he really you know, carried on. Then. So his last hit was in two thousand and seven. That only got to number forty-seven. We cry over me, but yeah. Right. So number six. It's all coming back to me now in two thousand and six. Wow. And then with his two, his number one and number two in the nineties, and then obviously, so on. even though we're talking only eighties, his actual he got better after the 80s as far as you know commercialize or whatever you want to but he made a name for himself i guess yeah because he was getting chart hits in the 80s so then he built up a following and people must have thought oh he's not rock well he is but he brings out other more mellow stuff sure okay foreigner yeah so this again has changed like these were these a bit electronic uh, really? Um, no. No. They're, Got they're... an electronic feel from them. Yeah. Yeah, because so obviously we started off with White Snake and ACDC, and they are very hard rock. And then Meatloaf, yeah, he is rock, and you do get that sense of it. But he is more your power ballads, more mellow. And Foreigner, just they got like the in-your-face instruments and the loud music was gone and I just had this little hint of electronic and I was like oh so there's your 80s bit kind of coming in well they're classed as a British American rock band so they are originally formed in New York City and London because they had members from both sides of the Atlantic wow but they all like they also they don't look rock they're quite average looking Uh uh-huh you know, it was just a guy, long hair and a perm kind of thing. Quite plain, they don't dress too much. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know, again, I want to know what love is, was sung by these, but we know what I'm like with knowing who sings what. So it was nice to hear that one. Their songs are quite a bit a bit dramatic. I want to say, like, going off, like, I want to know what love is. And, like, that was yesterday, it was a bit dramatic. But, yeah, they're not in-your-face rock. They're more sing-along and mellow can be more up my street these ones uh-huh. but i'm quite surprised there's no bit of electronic in there okay maybe that's just me so foreigner are mick jones on guitar lou graham who's the american on vocals rick willis on bass and dennis elliott on drums oh so they're only small as well yeah so dennis elliott is from peckham 
and Mick Jones is from Portsmouth. So more from England. Yeah. They had three albums in the 80s, two top tens, and one number one. I want to know what love is. So I want to know what love is, is a power ballad. Yeah. Written by Mick Jones. And it went to number one in the US, the UK, Ireland, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Sweden, Norway, and Israel. Wow. So it's a worldwide hit. Wow. Do you know what? It's a good one. Maybe it's maybe I like a bit of power ballad. And I do think, you know, I, I like those sort of, I suppose, because they're not in your face, in your I suppose. Face. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like Rockies. Yeah. So yeah. that's why when you chose them, I thought, well, actually there is. And I think you're, the white snake that I've missed off, annoyingly, are the ones that you may well have liked. Okay, so I might... Which is why they charted so in the I might the change 10. my opinion then. Oh, that will be interesting when I reveal what I think this week. Yeah. I haven't got really much to say on Foreigner. So they their first hit was in 1978. Oh. Uh, feels like the first time. That got to number 39. And then going into the 80s, we had the ones that we uh, had for yourself. Do you know... Yep. Before you say where they came, yep. what's really weird is the fact that they only had three albums, did you say? Uh, in the 80s, yes. Yeah, but ACDC and Whitesnake have released more albums. Okay, yep. yeah, Whitesnake, they did have two in the top ten, but I didn't listen to them, whatever. But yep. ACDC, who I thought would be a bigger than the ones that I've heard of, they didn't do as well. I mean, yeah, they've got more songs in the chart. But I think ACDC got... done better in America. Yeah, that's true. And but these I, are the I mean, worldwide number well, one. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I I've suppose... not heard of these. I've heard of the song, but yeah. But what I, I remember, what I keep telling you in the eighties, it wasn't about getting to number one. It was about selling your album. Yeah, that's, and that's true. That's I suppose this shows it with what ACDC with their seventy million yeah. sales have done. Uh, Meatloaf with his eighty million album sales, mm. five hundred week, you know, weeks in the chart. That's 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 the diff. That's what I'm trying to get. No across. number it's one. Totally different. Yeah. The music industry from now with the way that you listen to music and download music is so much different to how we we listen to it on radio. You know, that's how you got to know it. And then you went out and bought it on a cassette or CD. Yeah. You, know, you had to physically go out and buy it. To hear everything else. Whereas now you just flick of a button and you've got it on your, your system. Yeah. So it's totally different. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Where'd they come? So 1981, Waiting for a Girl Like You, got to number eight. 1984, I Want to Know What Love Is, got to number one. And then 1985, that was yesterday, got to 28. Okay, so considering they had a number one, it didn't really affect it. Yeah, because it was a power ballad, and then they probably went back to what they knew. And they were still going in 1995, when, until the end of time, limped in at 84. Didn't really do much. So since that was yesterday, they haven't been in the top 50. No. Nowhere near. That's mad. Well, they got 58 with White Lion, 1994. Okay. But yeah, nothing before, nothing since has been, yeah. got, got in the top 50. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, 
REO Speedwagon. These are very mellow. These, like, I did not, I don't know. Like, yeah, I can hear the rock in it. It's really weird how this week has gone. In my head, I'm expecting this hard rock with all these instruments in my face kind of thing. They had White Snake, I had ACDC in there, a bit like that. And then you hit your, like, power ballads with Meatloaf and his more mellowed out, but still got that hint in there. Foreigner got that hint in there, but I have a belter of a song with um, I Want to Know What Love Is. And then you get to these and it's like, they're boring. They're very mellow. I thought you'd like RVO Speedwagon. I just, I couldn't connect with them. No? There, was, there weren't much there. Like, when I was then listening back after in my car, I kept kind of zoning out. And I was like, oh my God, what song am I on? I don't know what it is. No, they're not that bad. But even they look bored. Okay. Did you recognise any of their songs? Yeah, Can't Fight This Feeling. Uh-huh. So I recognised that one. Yeah. And Do I like that why? one. That's why it was my favorite. No, but this is me you're talking to. So Can't Fight This Feeling was covered by Bastille in 2019 and used for the John Lewis Christmas advert. I was going to say, hang on, when you said you recognise it, and I was like, it's me if you're talking to, I nearly then said, to be honest, it sounds like an advert song, and it is. Yeah. John Lewis of all. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It is, it isn't is. it? Okay. So that's, oh, so that's the version that I'd know yeah. rather than this yeah. version. Yeah. But these guys even look bored in their videos, just so you know. Oh, right, okay. They're just there, like, I'm singing my song. Uh. And I suppose I didn't, I didn't know how this week would go. You're either going to like it or hate it. I thought Meatloaf might do enough to at least, yeah, get in there. Um, Foreigner probably didn't have enough songs. But I thought, actually, RVO Speedwagon you might like. I thought that might be the kind of music that would, they're you know, they weren't up. as rocky as the others, I suppose. Mm, but it still needs to have something about it. Yeah, no, I get like, that. Yeah, I don't like rock, yeah. but at least they've got a bit of content and a bit of something drawing me in. Like I say, even with ACDC, I was tapping away a bit. These, I was just like, okay. So, yeah. But I did, you know, can't fight this feeling. That's a great song. Yeah. It was my favourite. But yeah, it doesn't give off the rock vibes at all. Okay. I just couldn't connect with it as much. So REO Speedwagon are Neil Doughty on keyboards, Alan Gratzer on drums, Kevin Cronin on vocals, who was, I think, the main songwriter, Bruce Hall on bass, and Gary Richrath on guitar, who also wrote. Um, they're still going. Um, Grazia left in 1988, and he was replaced by Brian Hitt, and Richrath left in 1989 and replaced by Dave Amato. So they're still going now? They're still going, yeah. And Rich Ralph, unfortunately, died in 2015 with stomach complications, aged 65. So quite young. But he'd already yeah. left the group by then anyway. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had four albums in the 80s, and they had one top ten. Oh. But you only gave me three to listen, so they didn't have that many songs either. No. Because, again, as I say, the, what was big in America weren't necessarily big obviously because i suppose because america is so big 
there's enough people there that not everyone likes that that genre yeah. and they you know other genres you know like country music which has never really hit off over here yeah in america it, it has you know because and they've got their state that is country yeah, where, yeah. and that's what i said before we're just a very small country aren't we so you're gonna have yeah if you're gonna make it here you're only gonna make it with certain and it, that's why it's harder to make it in well no because it's harder to make it in america Oh, it's hard to break into America, yeah. Yeah, but why? Yeah. When they've got... Well, because, yeah, because of the amount of, of people. Gone, you know, I mean, I think even um, Robbie Williams went over and tried, didn't he? And Well, Little Mix haven't made it was unsuccessful. But you too are big in America. But then there's a big Irish contingent over there as well. So yeah. obviously that helped. Um, so, yeah, so Take It On The Run was um, on the very first day of MTV going live. It was the ninth played song. Oh. However, it never um, got finished. It never played its whole way through. Why? Because 12 seconds in, the video went black. The TV screen, whatever you want to say, went black through some kind of fault or whatever. And um, yeah, it never, um, I think it got replayed later on in the day, but it never got finished as far as the ninth song on MTV. It started 12 seconds in, something happened, and then the next song obviously got played. <laughs> Got in. They like miss their chance so, yeah. of having a big but, breakthrough. Um, they didn't miss their chance too much because "Keep on Loving You" was the seventeenth played song. Oh, okay. So they got. <laughs> so they actually had two songs played on the very first day of MTV. So I suppose it's a matter of being in the right place at the right time. They obviously were in mm. the charts, or they were the one of the in bands at the time. Um, maybe they obviously had a video as well. Yeah, getting that out. In there. fact. I'm pretty sure, I can't remember which one it was. It might have well been Keep On Loving You. I think was the first live album, as in a, the video was from the concert. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was played on MTV. Okay. The rest were actual videos. That had been made. That were obviously done for the produce. Whereas I think it was Keep On Loving You, I read, was the first live. So it was it was a video that was done live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recorded yeah. live and then played. So, yeah. Regarding Keep On Loving You, now, was that your favourite? No, I can't fight this feeling. Ah, right, yes. Okay. So, regarding Keep On Loving You, which is a power ballad written by Kevin Cronin, who, as I said, was probably their main songwriter, although um, Gil Richrath also wrote some of the songs. This is what he said about Keep On Loving You. So, I suppose, bear in mind, this is a power ballad and they're a rock band. He, um, I walked into rehearsal. I sat down at the piano, which I rarely do because I'm a guitar player, and started playing Keep On Loving You. And the guys in the band looked at me like I was from another planet. <laughs> they were like, what are you doing? Because we were all bringing in songs for this record we were going to make. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, dude, this song really means a lot to me. And they said, so, dude, that's not an REO Speed Dragon song. And I kind of was like, you know what? I'm the main songwriter for REO Speedwagon. So if I write a song, it's an REO Speedwagon song. Fair enough. It's the band's job to turn it into an REO Speedwagon song. Yeah. I was so passionate about the song. Everyone kind of got it. And sure enough, Gary Richroff went over, plugged in his guitar and started playing some power chords to this little love song I wrote. The next thing we knew, it was number one. 
and it was a number one record and everyone was calling it a power ballad and acted like we had the strategy for success that made this song happen when really it was just an accident. So hang on, this was a number one as well? In America. Right, okay, I was going to say, hang on. Yeah. Oh, no, so he just sat down at a piano one day, started playing something and came up yeah. with Keep On Loving You. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's quite cool. Were power ballads or are power ballads mostly released by like rock? Uh, I'd say, I suppose, yes, because they're, like, they're rock, where they come they're from. rock ballads. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to know what love is. I suppose I'd do anything for love. Yeah, I'd say you even can't fight this feeling. Yeah, to a degree, but obviously Keep On Loving You was their main uh, one. Yeah, their main. And then I suppose even... It's like if you're a rock um, artist and you want to go a bit lovey, you release a power yeah. ballad. and it and obviously worked. Get something As different say, out there. To get to number one in America I think it does work. is big. Yeah. Because then you're getting, you're getting, you know, you're number one on the billboard, as it was it's called. You're, you're known in a to a much bigger audience and we're talking America mm. you know who will then listen to it and then go well I'm gonna go out and get it you know yeah because like that's what you had to do so for them to have done that just from him and and obviously it was against the bands from what that you know me reading out that statement that was against their music that's not that's not what we do and then that's when he turned around and goes well no is whatever I write is ours we just yeah. want to make it into that song so regarding our charts, Keep On Loving You was released in 1981. Still respectable, number seven. Oh, OK, so still a top ten. That's not bad. So still top ten. 1981, Take It On The Run, got to number 19. Mm-hmm. And 1985, Can't Fight This Feeling, got to number 16. OK, so they were quite, they, like, you know, I mean, they only had three that got in the top 40, but the three that did, at least they were quite high chart. Yeah. And as I say, there probably was, you know, it just shows after all these weeks, you know, we're now to our 14th week. I still can't quite understand what you, you're going to like or not, because I probably thought that that was the one that you were going to like. And it's funny because Can't Find This Feeling by Bastille, Uh. that only got to number 39. That's shocking. And that was even it was in, in an a, advert. Yeah. And that's that, that a major Lewis advert, advert. And everyone waits for it to usually come out. That, yeah. Usually their songs get to number so, one. Yeah. High. That only got to number 39. So the original by an, you know, relatively unknown band in this country. Yeah. Got high. Got in the top 20, whereas we're still literally just Didn't scraped in on the back of an advert promotion as well at number yeah. 39. That's crazy. So there you go. Okay. Moving on to Journey. Yep. So I've already said I didn't really read the list. I just added them and then wait till I got there. But when I was talking about that, I've got Journey, Connor, knowing songs, was like, oh, don't stop believing. And I was like, that the one that Glee sang? And he just looked at me and I was like, it is the one that Glee sang. But I'm not going to lie, I prefer Journey's version over Glee. Uh-huh. So that's quite good. But Journey, they're up my street, sing along. And weirdly, before how, like, when ACDC was talking about them and I was like, guitar solos annoy me. Journey have got one in Don't Stop Believing and I like it. I just think it's a bit more fun. It's not as in-your-face rock. So 
their guitar solo didn't annoy me. I'm kind of intrigued about other songs that they may have released, because I only had two for them. Well, I'll, I'll just let you quickly now know then where the other songs came. And I actually, you would have only had one for them. Oh. Because Who's Crying Now was just outside the top 40. Ah. But I gave you it because I thought... I Can't just do one. I'm only giving you one song. Yeah. Although, because I've cut back on Whitesnake, you would have only had... I mean, had I not realised I hadn't put all the Whitesnakes down, you'd have only had the Don't Stop Believing to, to listen to. Well, which could actually that. changed the whole outcome of this pod. <laughs> So the other three, they only released five songs over here. Oh. Well, no, no, actually, the other ones are Digital EP in 2008, which is probably on the back of the Glee, to be honest. Oh, definitely. So um, they've only got four songs, all 80s. I won't do the first two. We'll do them at the end. All 80s. So 1986, Be Good to Yourself, got to number 90. Wow. And 1989, Who's Crying Now, which is actually a re-release of the other one. Yeah, I was going to say, hang on. Got to number 83. Wow. And then the first Who's Crying Now weren't even... So they actually had three songs. So they're obviously, again, much bigger. More like a one-hit wonder type thing. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, they had other songs, they did release them. It's not like they only released As we've just seen with Vario Speedwagon. They might have been in America, you know, with, yeah, they you might know an ACDC. They're much mm. more popular in America. In a, yeah. And it could well be the same with Journey. Yeah, it could be. Because, again, they are were formed in 1973 in San Francisco, yeah. the US. So they are pretty much, this week, American bands. Yeah. You know, with um, Journey, they don't have videos. I could only five, find live performances for the two songs. Uh-huh. So I watched them because I wanted to see what they were like. And then I realised yeah. that I'm watching basically the same video because they're both from the same live performance in Houston. Uh-huh. I was like, what's the point of me carrying on watching it? Because I know what they look like in this video because I've just watched it. Yeah. They're quite feminine. All right. Like the way they dress, like they are rocky, but they're quite feminine, like with their tight tops, bright colours. That like, wouldn't be what a stereotypical. So Journey are Neil Sean on guitar. Jonathan Kane on keyboards, Randy Jackson on bass, Ross Valerie on synth stroke bass, Steve Perry on vocals and Steve Smith on drums. They were formed in 1973, as I say, in San Francisco. And by 1987, the band disbanded. And then Sean and Kane formed Bad English. I don't know anything about Bad English, if I'm honest. Not a group I've come across. Maybe I need to look into it. No, same. Um, They had five albums in the 80s. Oh. They had one top 10, which obviously would have been Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing has been described as the perfect rock anthem. That was before Glee. Its original release in 1982 only reached number 62. Oh. And then on the back of the re-release in 2009, it eventually reached number six. And that might have been on the back of Glee as well. In June 2010, following the US show Glee. Yeah. So actually, as far as the 80s go... They've got none, really, because that song's a re They would have had none. It just so charted in the 80s. They got to number, 82, uh, number 62 in 82. So where did Don't Stop Believe? When was Don't Stop Believing released? 
1982, it got to number 62. And then it was re-released in 2009, August. So it was re- wait, wait for this. It was re-released in August 2009. And it eventually reached number six in January 2010. So why have I listened to them if it was number 82 and Who's Crying Now was number out of the charts as well? Because obviously on the back of I Don't Stop Believing. So they are an 80, they were an 80s obviously group who became big, better known on the back of that song. So I could have not put them all in. So Don't Stop Believing in the 80s got where? Number 62. Yeah, so it weren't in the top 40. So why no. did I listen to it? But on the chart, on the it's not until I, I looked into it, as far as the chart thing goes, it says, if you can see it, 1982, number six. But it's only when I looked, it actually only got to 62, and then oh. the re-release, but they haven't put it in. So when I was obviously writing it down to who to give you and looking at what groups, Journey come up, I looked, oh, yeah, they've got a top 40, put them in, like I always do. But actually, when I'd done the research, it was their re-release that got to number six, not their original. And that weren't until 2009? Yes, on the back of... I'm with group. you. I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. I never listened to ones that haven't no. charted anywhere. That's only because... the reason why on the official chart site, it says they got to number six in 1982. But they well, did. that's pointless. I shouldn't have even listened to so, it. Yeah. But it's probably just as well, because I'm mucked up with REO Speedwagon, <laughs> which I'm still annoyed about. No, I don't, I'm not Snake. REO Speedwagon. White, White Snake. Snake. Which I still don't understand what happened. You're going to be annoyed about that. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Must have gone to the toilet and then come back and just went straight (laughs) onto ACDC. I don't know. Um, But yeah. Someone distracted you. So just so you know, with Journey, they are the best-selling digital track from the 20th century with 7 million copies sold in the US alone, obviously on the back of Glee. Mm. So Glee really pushed them, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And they only add one song of theirs. Yeah. So it really helped them. So just so you know, um, Who's Crying Now, also from 1982, which actually would have been their biggest hit, if you think about it. Go on. Got to number 46. Well, that's not too bad. I mean, it's not in the top 40, but at least out of the two. So if you think about it, um, Don't Stop Believing would have got to number 62. Yeah. And the other two that I mentioned, although... The other one, because the other one was actually um, Who's Crying Now? As a release, and only got to 83. Yeah. So the other one, Be Good to Yourself, only got to number 90. So, yeah, their biggest hit was Who's Crying Now, 46. And then Glee obviously come along in 2010 and obviously uh, pushed them out. So I guess what happened is Glee obviously asked, or whoever was behind Glee asked, obviously, to the use rights. their record. Yeah. They have to get a, they have to um, get permission. Yeah. On the back of that journey, released it. Yeah. So as I say, they released it in August 2009. And it wasn't until January 2010. Now, normally, you know, you'd give up. Oh, yeah. By that time, you know, I mean, August. Quite a to fair re- few To months. release something in August, and it's still in the charts, but obviously in the... Back end. Lower end of the charts. And then obviously the film come out, and it's... It's not a film. Oh, show, sorry, show. And uh, <laughs> it reached number six on the back of the show more than anything. Yeah. So. That's mad. So Journey just didn't do that well. 
together to be no, fair not really they literally got lucky <laughs> with one song and that song is probably yeah you know, and that was only because of a tv show yeah yeah it is a good song though yeah I'll give it that so hit or miss time okay so white snake we will also revisit next week see if it changes yes because i've put them as a miss so i did like out of the songs that you gave me because you only gave me three yeah i liked two out of the three but i was like it just it, they're just not up my street they're, no they're um, I, something that I would go back to i mean i didn't give you the two big ones yeah from here so that's what i'm saying now i might listen to the others and be like oh they're actually more up my street i could I yeah. might actually be able to re-listen to these. It might change my opinion and be like, overall, their music overall. But we'll see. I might still be a mess. Who knows? They might really not be up my street no matter how many songs I listen to. But I do like them. Like I say, I liked more than I disliked. But yeah. I just can't see myself like listening to them again. I might not skip them if they're on anywhere. Uh-huh. Or like if I play my playlist again, they come up because that happens sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, they're a miss because I wouldn't go out and look for them myself. ACDC were a miss. They're just not for me. Too rock, to be honest. We know what I feel about rock. Yeah. Like I said, they weren't that bad. They had me tapping. But yeah, I don't think I could listen to like a whole album of them. Meatloaf was a hit. Really enjoyed that. There was not a song that I did not like. There was no way that I could turn around and say, he's a miss in any way, shape or form. I would go out and listen to him again. Really like him. Sure. And what I'll do as well with White Snake, I'll pass you on the other songs. So obviously the, the the later music that obviously he got a number one and a number two. Well, no, you had the number one, but the one that come number two, uh, would I lie or lie to you or whatever it was. And I'll also send you the uh, one that he started off with that I like. Um, and I'll, so I'll send them to you to see what you think of those. But I don't think it, I think White Snake. I'll send you the White Snake, but there's two of Meatloaf. One that was pre-1980s and one that's post-1980s that actually got to number two. So obviously oh, so I gave you send me the white state one, ones and then to you're going to send me that. to talk about he got a number one. But I will send you the number two as well. Okay. I am obviously um, mindful that you're going to have the other songs to listen to that you've got this yeah. week anyway. Okay. But I did think if I was to say that anyone was going to be a hit to save this week, I'd have been gone with Meatloaf. Yeah. To be fair, when I was listening to White Snake and ACDC, I was like, that could have an all miss week. Yeah, this could be an all miss week. Um, but you haven't, because Foreigner also a hit. Yeah. Liked Foreigner. Like them. Yeah. Don't know. I don't know what it is about them, but I'd listen to them again. Uh-huh. But there weren't many, so who knows? There yeah. might be songs that I really despise and I don't actually like them, but the songs that I've got are mm. that they've given me a good feeling. Unlike Ario Speedwagon, who were a miss, I just <laughs> could not connect with them. I don't know what it is. You were like uh, thinking that I'd like them. I just couldn't. I, I thought the music too. was more toned down for rock. A bit too toned would, down. They would be the ones, but obviously, yeah, they've gone mm. the other way. Yeah. Like it's just not, you know, I like a bit of upbeat, upbeatness. Mm. It was just a bit too toned down. Like compared mm. to the others, yeah. Give me that over ACDC, but yeah, just a bit too much. Okay. And Journey were a hit. Were. Yeah. <laughs> they were although even though it's like they were not a hit in life were they but they were they were a hit with me uh-huh. like as you were saying all that i was like well this was pointless but i liked them yeah. so, <laughs> so yeah they were a hit no i did yeah. enjoy journey uh-huh. but obviously again i'd be the one that on the back of glee that's how i know i don't yeah. don't stop believing and then i did 
enjoy who's crying now. They were just they just had that little something. Sure. So I suppose um, for any any listeners who like White Snake, I apologise that I <laughs> probably didn't help you out in getting a hit, but hopefully that will change the next week. We will find. We will out. see because obviously the reason songs get to the top ten is they're obviously what most people like, and I suppose the fact that you didn't even listen to their two better known or their better songs wouldn't have helped mm. them one little bit. So um, we will see if we can change your mind on that. Okay. We'll see. So other than that, it's... It's a um, half and half week, you know, considering it was a hard rock week. Yeah. I've, like, to be fair, that's not bad. No. But it weren't like hard rock. Like if it was all like ACDC, uh-uh, yeah. this week. But uh-huh. because it's had things like Meatloaf and the Power Ballads, that's what saved you. Sure. It's not been all in your face, so it saved you. Okay. Yeah. On to this week's. Yeah, what have I got now? This is heavy, isn't it? We're going heavy now, aren't we? I'm afraid you managed to bypass it because I was good to you last week. <laughs> and you got lucky. <laughs> I was going to say you weren't good to me. It was luck, pure luck. It is now heavy metal week. Oh, this and, has got um, the like, metallic. It's a bit like kiss, disco week. You've got two weeks of it but then that'll be it that'll be it okay. um, i yeah. can do this so I, this. I i am bringing some forward because i don't sit with anyone else so yeah, there's no point messing not up so much weeks. this week because these are all early 80s but next um, but week, the following week you're going to have some some late ones um like 87 um but it's just that right. it wouldn't fit anywhere it else. wouldn't work yeah yeah so you've got next week go on iron maiden okay Judas Priest. That just sounds awful. Black Sabbath. Oh, no. Kiss. Oh, no. And Twisted Sister. They just sound horrible. And I honestly couldn't I've heard tell of, like, you loads of those. myself what they sound like because I've never Well, listened. you're going to have to listen to. <laughs> um, that can be your punishment for doing this to I've your daughter. I've got too much to do with um, looking up the songs to explain about them you got you can't look up songs on your way to work <sighs> so you can so, whack a few songs on on that so, way to work dad i'll teach you how yeah, to download them yeah. if you if you've not got a cd <laughs> i'll teach you you can pick yourself well, through it too funny enough i don't own a cd of black sabbath or twisted <laughs> i'm <Sister>. not surprised <laughs> i'm not surprised so, yeah Do you, you wouldn't own a cd of any of no, those i would you? not i just use those two no. as the examples but no ah, that's a question. Did you like, is there anyone from this week that is up your street? Um, meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yeah. But you don't own anything. But do no, you, no, no, no. Um, and, and it's actually the song I like. Um, as I say, I didn't realise till I looked. The one it was actually listened. from 1978. Because it's actually mm. on an 80s album. And I've, uh, that's how I'm oh, about so it. That's I think, oh, it might not be an 80s album. It might have been one of those love song albums like, that had yeah like sort of songs on it but um yeah i think it like was probably like with foreigner and that as well actually that sort of power mm-hmm. ballads album I think. yeah yeah so yeah I, th- I think the meatloaf one on there is the um oh i can't remember what it's called now but yeah it's the one that i said about from 1978 so yes oh yeah but i will give you that to oh. um so i will give you the white snake ones but i'll only go for the the 30s the top uh, rather than yeah. those other ones because you've listened to obviously similar anyway 
and yeah. I'll give you those other two of see if it because obviously you like him so I think to listen to those other two as well mm. you'll probably enjoy those before um getting into the uh it's the serious stuff okay so yes okay I could do this yeah do you know how hard it was to press play every day this week and now next blooming heck it's gonna be worse it must have got easier as a week weren't you yeah no it did get it did get easier but i was still because so like while i was midway listening to meatloaf it was like oh yeah i'll click play but then when it changes Uh, it was like well what's gonna be coming on next so like yeah it did get easier but it was still that because i don't know what's coming next like yeah i had meatloaf but uh, after that it could have gone back to what acdc were like for all i knew because i didn't i'd had no idea did i yeah it's the unknown no the only good thing I'll tell you about this week is you haven't got many songs outside of Iron Maiden. But Iron Maiden's got loads. Iron Maiden's got a few, yes. So if you don't like Iron Maiden, you're stuffed. <laughs> you can have it first this week, eh? <laughs> Which so, yeah. I don't think you'll be offended by. Because no, I'm, like I wouldn't. Ex- I'd be surprised if we didn't. But um, that, you never know. No, no, this is all about educating your um, mm-hmm. ears. Yeah. And it wouldn't be fair for me just to give you what I like, because, you know. Which is why I also think you should put yourself through yeah. it and listen to at least one song from each artist. Yeah. I, I'll take your advice and see what you say. If you say, I really, really, really like that, then I might have to oh, listen right. to it. You know, I'll right, listen to okay. the pod or obviously when we're recording and, and see what you, you recommend. But yeah. That's, that's your way of getting out of well, it, is it, Dad? You know, that's what I would recommend to anyone is that they should just, you're the young of, Listen, listen is, to me. If, if um, you're recommending it, then maybe people need to listen to it. But um, if you don't, mm. then I might give it a miss as well. I gave it a miss yeah. in the 80s and um, it's not really worth give it, it a miss again. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I will let you go. Okay. And um, we will shall catch up again next week. If I survive. Yeah. And we'll find out. <laughs> Apologies to White Snake. We will find out if, if we my can, opinion um, has changed. Change, change you over to a hit. Let's see. So yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, All right then, Dad. I will see you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, see Dad. You.